It's hard to portray spiritual truths in spiritual terms. It's very hard to do so because they seem ethereal. They seem mystical. They seem fanciful. The natural human mind is blind to spiritual truths, the Scriptures tell us. And so Jesus again again talks in material terms to portray spiritual truths. He talks about life, and we understand what life is physically. He talks about death. He talks about food. He talks about water. He talks about light. And we understand what all these things are in the physical world. But through them, He is portraying spiritual truths. His parables, His miracles, all doing that. And of course, one key to teaching is you teach what people don't know in the light of what they do know. So you start what they do know, and then you try and take them beyond that to something fresh. But these Jewish people to whom Jesus was speaking were locked in on the material and physical and did not allow themselves to go beyond that or see beyond that. You see, our physical needs all express deeper needs of the soul. We have a hunger for love that no other human being can completely satisfy. Because we are designed to experience the love of God deeper than our souls. There's a hunger for intimacy of soul that we have that no sexual experience can ever meet on that physical level. We have a hunger for security that all the money in the world cannot provide us with. Because these are physical expressions of a spiritual need. Augustine in the fifth century wrote, and this is a famous statement of his, he said to God, you have made us for yourselves and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. That's why every one of us in this building has a restless soul designed to be such so that we might seek for the only way in which our souls can be brought to peace, which is through Jesus Christ. Jesus talked about food, about bread. You remember when he met the woman of Samaria? He talked to her in very similar terms about water, quenching her thirst. Remember, he was traveling from Judea up to Galilee, came to Samaria, found this lady at the well. He asked her for some water, engaged her in conversation. And you will find this in John's Gospel, chapter 4. And in verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will be in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And her response says, you don't have a bucket. How can you give me some water? She, she responded only in the physical terms. You need a bucket to get some water. Where is this magic water that you're talking about? But Jesus was talking to a woman who had transpired in the next few verses, had been married five times, and was now living with her boyfriend. And Jesus did not give her a lecture on marriage and divorce, or a lecture on promiscuous sex, or criticize her for living together with her latest man because these were only symptoms 
of a deeper need. If you see the symptoms but don't know the cause, it can be scary. You just play with symptoms. And a good physician looks at your symptoms in order to trace it back to a cause. And Jesus is identifying in this woman, you are thirsty, but the thirst is not for more buckets of water. This thirst is something deep in your heart. You can go on drinking this water, he said, and you'll be thirsty again. You can go through another five men. You can go through another 50 men. And every time you meet a new one, probably your heart springs to life and you say, at last, I think I've found it you'll become disillusioned and disappointed because this water will never satisfy you. Now, these physical, material things, relationships, marriage, love, sex, all these things are part of God's provision for us. But as repeatedly in the New Testament, when Paul speaks about marriage, he always says, don't look at the marriage as an end in itself. It is a portrayal of something much richer and deeper. Christ is the bridegroom, we're the bride. This is what it's really about if you want to satisfy your need for love and belonging and contentedness. And this thirsty lady, like all thirsty people, have been drinking dirty water. You see, thirsty people drink dirty water. I've seen them in parts of the world where they drink stuff that would probably kill me, but they drink it. Hungry people will eat junk food and so many of us get our lives into a mess not because we are intentionally rebellious or awkward or difficult because actually we're hungry and we're thirsty but we're trying to satisfy those appetites in all the wrong places and so as gk chesterton wrote a man going into a brothel is looking for god but he's replaced this physical intimacy he's looking for and won't find there, of course, but he's substituted that for something much deeper. His soul, his spirit needs to be intertwined with God himself. That's the real hunger of his heart. 